0: Everybody, and welcome to the One More Verse podcast. This is John Nix, and I'm excited to have you along on this Monday, November the 9th, 2015. Today's reading was Judges chapter 4, verses 1 through 24. So come on and let's discuss what we read together. Three, two, one. 20 years of oppression and suffering. This is where the people of God were when we find them in our reading today. The pattern has continued and the people of Israel once again disobeyed the Lord and they did what was evil. Therefore, the Bible says that God sold them into the hand of God. Of Jabin, the king of Canaan. Now, for us, it's almost unthinkable that the God who loves his people and keeps his covenant would sell them into the hand of anyone, especially someone who would mistreat them. But that's exactly what happened. But it's not because God is unloving. It's because God must be true to himself. In the covenant, the covenant expectation was that the people would exclusively keep themselves to the Lord that they would obey and they would follow him. And so when they disobeyed and did not follow him, God had to punish. And so they found themselves in oppression and suffering. And the instrument of this oppression was the commander of this king's army named Sisera and his 900 chariots of iron. Evidently, this was... More than just a formidable force. This was a group that just were absolutely being cruel to Israelites. And so we're introduced to a judge that for some of us may seem like a somewhat unlikely judge. This judge's name was Deborah and she was a prophetess and judge. She would sit in a certain place and the people would come and and they recognized that God uh, was using her and they would come and she would help them understand and make judgments. She would serve them well. And so we're told that with her communion with the Lord and him telling her exactly how to do things rightly and in obedience, at some point he tells her, you need to go and summon Barak. And so she does, she summons this man, Barak, and he comes to her and she begins to tell him what the Lord has said. And she said, listen, God is telling you, you go gather an army of 10,000 men from these specific peoples. And, And with this army, I'm going to draw out Sisera and he's going to come meet you and I'm going to give him into your hands. Now, this must have been good news, but there had to be a lot of questions that swirled about this. It was not that the people had not seen God move through judges before, but Barak had some questions. And so he says to Deborah, he said, listen, if you'll go, then I'll go. But if you're not going, I don't want to go. Now, this is not necessarily indicative of cowardice or the fact that he wants to be disobedient. Perhaps he just wanted to make sure that, um, you know, she wasn't being dishonest with him. And so if she believed that this is what God said, then she could go because God would protect her. Perhaps it was he just wanted to continue to rely on her judgment and counsel and advice. We don't know. But she agrees to go. The problem is with going, there's a little addendum that goes on the end of it. And she said, I'm going to go, but you just need to understand this battle and this fight is not going to lead to your glory, but Sisera is going to be given into the hand of a woman. Now, this is somewhat unusual that uh, here you have Deborah, who is a judge, and then and she is telling this man who is mustering the army, this uh, commander of the king of Canaan's army is going to fall into the hands of a woman. And, and it's interesting there that it says that he's going to sell Sisera into the hand of a woman in the same way that he had sold his people to Jabin, the king of Canaan. So Deborah arises, she goes with Barak and they get the army, they collect all the men and they go and she goes up with him. And then we have this almost like a side story that just finds its way in there. It doesn't last long, but we find out about Heber, the Kenite who had separated himself and he moved away. And when you first read this, if you don't go far enough down in the story, it seems like, okay, perhaps As the author was putting all this down, he just had that ADD moment because we were talking about an army and Deborah and all this sort of stuff. But here's this, this guy that's a Kenite and he moved. Great. But we find out later what this is all about. So Sisera finds out about this army, and when he finds out about the army, he gets all his chariots together, all 900 of them, and he's like, all right, you know what, you want to go, we'll go. Perhaps it was just going to be that he hoped he wouldn't have to fight, and he could just give a show of force, but probably this was a commander, and he had for 20 years, been oppressing these people and it had been uh, without much resistance. And if there had been resistance, he had won. So maybe he was overconfident for whatever reason he goes and he's going to go meet this army of 10,000. And so Deborah comes and she tells Barak, this is the day Sisera is going to be given into your hand. And she tells him the Lord is going out before you. So she's trying to help him understand, yep, today's the day. He's going to be given into your hand, but it's going to be the Lord that accomplishes this. And so he takes his 10,000 men and they, and they engage in battle and Sisera is absolutely routed and all his army and all these chariots of iron, men begin to fall by the edge of the sword and so Sisera gets down from his chariot and he runs away on foot. Barak pursues the chariots he pursues the army and it says that not a man was left now obviously that wasn't meaning that nobody was left anywhere because Sisera is running and so he has fled on foot and he comes to the tent of a woman named Jael and she's the wife of this guy who had moved and so he comes and he there's peace between these two um neighboring groups of people and so he thinks you know what this is the direction I want to go because perhaps I can find some allies that will help. And so Jael comes out to meet Sisera and, and she directs him into the tent and says, don't be afraid. Now I would imagine for Sisera, it's nice just to see a friendly face for anybody after you've seen your comrades fall in battle and you've been running. Anybody that would say, hey, come on in. I'll take care of you. It must have been a welcome sight, and so he goes into her tent, and the, she covers him up with a rug, and so this is like, you know, we're going to camouflage you, and you can come in here and hide, and you'll find a safe place, and he gets there, and he asks her for a drink of water. He had to be exhausted, running, and, and the battle, and all of the adrenaline and everything that went with it. And so she gives him some milk. She covers him up and uh, he tells her, he just entreats her. He says, listen, you stand at the opening. If somebody comes and they say, hey, is anybody here? You just tell them no. And so she goes and it appears that she is going to comply with his wishes and everything's going to be fine. And so he fell asleep he's exhausted. Uh, He finally has a place to lie down and there's a rug over him. And there's somebody that's, you know, watching over him or so he thought. And so he fell asleep, but we're told that Jael quietly slipped over to him. And while he was there asleep, she drove a peg into his temple with a hammer and it went down into the ground and he died. Now, Barak has been pursuing Sisera and Jael comes out to meet him and she says, listen, come in here. I will show you the man that you're seeking. And so just as God said, he walks into the tent and what an incredible sight it must have been. This commander of a king's army with 900 chariots having fled from the battle is given into the hand of a woman who had moved a long way away with her husband. And now Sisera lay there dead with a tent peg in his temple. And so the Bible tells us that God subdued that army. He subdued those people. And Israel just continued to press and press and press until they utterly destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. Now there's some things in here that we need to understand and see. These ongoing patterns of sin, God has to deal with sin. If you belong to God, he's going to discipline you. And if you are not a follower of Jesus, then you are going to come into those consequences at some point. Now, for us, it is difficult sometimes to reconcile how does a God who loves his people so much sell them into the hands of somebody that would be cruel to them? It's not because God is unjust or unloving, but it is because God has to be faithful to his word. We also see that God is using these women and he is bringing about his good plan and purpose through these women. And so what an incredible thing to see this judge in Israel named Deborah who is directing and, and, and is helping people to understand what God is, is doing. And, and she brings about the word of the Lord with clarity and helps them to understand. And she even is willing to place herself in harm's way and go to the battle because her faith in the word of the Lord is so great. And then this woman, Jael, and her husband. You see, it must have seemed like during these 20 years that God had completely forgotten. And yet in his providential plan and care, behind the scenes, simple nomadic people changing one location to another, God is orchestrating his deliverance and salvation for his people. For even though the people fall back into this regular recurring pattern of sin and evil and God punishing them in faithfulness, God rescues them and delivers them. Thanks for listening to the One More Verse podcast. For more information about Vertical Purpose or One More Verse, visit johnnicks.org. I would love to hear from you, so find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using the handle TheJohnNicks. And don't forget to download the Vertical Purpose app on the platform of your choice for additional resources. Thanks again. And join me tomorrow for the One More Verse podcast.